Fortune and glory, kid. Fortune and glory. Hello there, and welcome to a new episode of the Hyperbaric Reviews with myself, the man who would love a crack at Fortune and Glory, it's Brad Roll. And you know that my good friend and co-host, whenever he's around, anything goes. It's JT. <laughs> indeedy, indeedy. In fact, today, I actually went to a pub for the first time in, what, 18 months. So anything does indeed go. So, yeah, hello, everyone. That's good, because, you know, when we first met, I don't think we could go 18 hours without going into a pub. So it's not too bad, <laughs> is it? <laughs> Shows how times have changed on that one. <laughs> let's, let's just say that I, I haven't quit drinking in the 18 months. I just haven't done it in public. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, good stuff. So thank you very much for joining us once again. This week we are taking a look at Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which came out, according to Wikipedia, had a limited release on May the 8th, but its official launch was May the 23rd, 1984. Mm, And this is one, actually, that I remember. Now, I don't know if this is the first time I ever went to the cinema, but my parents and me, um, I was quite young at the time, we were about to go on holiday. We went on a coach trip around Germany, Switzerland, and sort of that part of Europe. And the night before we were due to leave, we stayed in a hotel in London. And we actually went to the cinema to see this. And it was around release weekend. I'm not sure if it was the actual release weekend, but it was very new at the time. And we went to, I think it might have been Leicester Square, quite a posh cinema. And it's certainly one of my first ever cinema experiences. and may well be the first ever film I saw in the cinema. So there we go. No, very good. I mean, I um, this came out the year before I was born, um, so <laughs> it wasn't one for me. But I remember seeing this from quite an early age, much like the rest of the Indiana Jones movies. Because as we mentioned last week, when we were doing Raiders. They were those sort of movies, and even to this day, they're on TV quite a lot. But they always used to be mm. on at like Easter or Christmas, and they were always those sort of family adventure movies that everyone, if they're on, we'd always be allowed to watch them. I used to love them. I grew up with Indiana Jones, been having a good time, sort of going back in watching them again really but yeah it's definitely a movie that was part of my childhood this entire franchise although I gotta admit when I was a kid this one wasn't my favorite in the um the series back when it was a trilogy this was always my least favorite but my opinions in places have changed uh over the years as obviously we'll touch on as we go through the film yeah I remember you saying this um when we've talked about these films in the past that this was your least favorite so when I rewatched it the other day, I was just thinking, I wonder if, if he's changed his mind a bit. So I'm interested to hear what you say as well, Brad Roll. I think the problem, one of the problems I had was some of the way it's shot. And I, I think I mentioned again last week at the end of our Raiders episode, it wasn't until about maybe probably longer now, maybe 10, 15 years ago, when I was in my 20s, probably, I found out it was actually a prequel, which kind of made a few things make sense because it always annoyed me the way it was shot compared to Raiders and um, obviously... Uh, Last Crusade, which we'll be doing next week, spoiler alert. But that's kind of that that alleviated a few of the issues I had with it. I was like, okay, so it's a prequel, so that makes sense. That's why it doesn't do what the other two did in a certain fashion. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because last week I said, I didn't realise it was a prequel. But obviously at the start, it comes up, it's set in 1935. So I'd obviously blank that out of my mind because that obviously makes it a prequel. Yeah, it's there to be seen, but obviously it's just so <laughs> obviously obvious. I no ignored that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I, I did really notice it when I watched this the other day. I was like, "Fuck me! Why have I never noticed the fact this was set six years before the last war, the first one?" <laughs> um, one little fun fact, as you know, I like to pull out some at random uh, with these films before we get started. In this movie, um, all three main characters are named after uh, dogs. Um, so Indiana was actually named after George Lucas's dog. 
Willie is named after Steven Spielberg's dog, and Short Round is named after William Hayek's. I think that's how you say his name. He's the screenwriter. Um, so, oh, yeah, all three main characters are named after um, the head honcho's dogs. That's interesting. I did wonder why um, Kate Capshaw's character is called Willie, because that's a fucking random name. But I guess that makes uh, a bit more sense. She actually married uh, Steven Spielberg shortly after this, didn't she? Did she? I didn't know that. No. Yeah, no, I was, I was doing a little bit of research and um, they, they sort of hit it off a bit on set, which must have made him a bit jealous when she's kissing old Harrison Ford. But let's be honest, he's a better looking guy than Spielberg. Um, but yeah, they um, they got married. Um, they were married for quite a while after this was shot. I'm not sure how long after it was finished, but yeah, they, they were married for a while, her and uh, Spielberg. Oh, fair play. Oh, good old Spielberg, you know, taking his work <laughs> home with him pretty much. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's have a, a look at the film then. Um, so this one, again, it opens up so differently to the other one. We get a bit of a musical number to open this one. Um, but one thing I do like is a little nod towards Star Wars. The club they're in is called Club Obi-Wan. Did you notice that on the door as they were going in? I didn't, no. Um, you broke up there, Brad Roll, so I'm not sure if people got that. You kind of disappeared. So apologies, everyone, if you didn't hear what Brad Roll just said, because I didn't either. Um, no, it's weird. I I say this every fucking week. I must sound like a broken record, but I had completely forgotten about the opening of this film. And when I rewatched it, this I didn't remember any of this. And I don't know why, because I've seen this film so many times. But the opening scene, I was like, I don't fucking remember this at all. Yeah. So for those who didn't hear, apologies if I did break up. Um, the club they're in is called Club Obi Wan, which is a little nod to Star Wars there. But we actually open with the character Willie doing like a musical performance, singing a song, Anything Goes, which is just really random, I think. It's good. I mean, I like the way it's shot and the song's pretty cool, but it's just, it feels really out of kilter compared to the rest of the uh, Indiana movies. It really does. And it's not just a quick clip, is it? It's the whole fucking song. It's like a whole performance. Yeah, it's really strange. And then obviously once we get the song out the way, um, obviously we see Indy coming in, looking all cool and suave, Harrison Ford look, and whatnot. He looks smooth, doesn't he? Looking smooth. He does. He's got a proper suit on. He looks <laughs> like James Bond more than Indiana yeah. Jones, really, doesn't he? Yeah, he really does, yeah. Um, so he gets, sits at a table and there's like a bunch of kind of Yakuza types sat there and he's obviously retrieved some kind of artifact for them. Um, and they're trying to swindle him. they got this weird kind of table with like this turn bit in the middle and they put like a bag down, which is either supposed to be gems or money. And they turn it and it's obviously not the stuff he asked for. So then he gets his payment and hands them the um, the idol or whatever it is that he's found for them. It's a crap little statue as well, isn't it? It's really <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> it I'm doesn't sure it like something to them, but it looks like something you get in a Christmas cracker. Yeah, it does. It's pretty shit. Like, it's like a little seaside town gift shop or something. It just, <laughs> yeah. whatever it's supposed to be, it doesn't look like it has value. But there you go. That's a prop for a movie for you. <laughs> um, and then Willie turns up, the, the singer. And sits down next to Jones and starts pouring over some of like the gems or whatever's on the table. Now these Yakuza types, they poison Indiana's drink. So he takes a swig of this, um, like a martini, I guess it looks like from the shape of the glass. Yeah. Um, and he's poisoned and they're like, no, give us back the money and um, we'll give you the antidote. And it's like this kind of like back and forth standoff. And he threatens to kill Willie, doesn't he? He grabs like a little fork and sticks it to her. It's like, not <laughs> going to do any damage. And they're just like, oh, I don't care. You know, kill her. We'll find another girl. But Indy's got a bit yeah. of an ace up his sleeve. His um, One of his sidekicks is a waiter, and he sort of turns up with a gun under his tray to try and even the odds. But then as a load of champagne bottles go off, um, one of the accuser guys shoots the waiter and obviously <laughs> takes him out of the equation. So he was fucking good at his job, wasn't he? 
it's crap though, isn't he? <laughs> he shoots him in the chest. And it looks like he's just been stabbed by like a fucking drawing pin, doesn't it? There's <laughs> a tiny little bit of blood on his white shirt. And obviously I know this is a PG, but we said the last one, there's a fair bit of blood on it, but that's a really shit bullet wound, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's pretty flimsy and he kind of falls down and he has this little like touching moment. He's like, this time I go first, Indy. And then they sort of like, this fight kicks off and there's this fucking... Harrison Ford grabs like a fucking kebab skewer and he fucking picks it up and like launches it at the guy who just shot his friend and it stabs him really like you can tell it's a fucking mannequin but then his hand comes up like a mile to the left of the screen and he shoots someone else and makes this weird noise and it's just like this really kind of fucking slapstick fight and in the end they end up throwing Indiana on like a fucking serving table or like a trolley and push him across the dance floor and he goes flying into the fucking like the band or something. Yeah, it's quite funny, this fight scene, the kebab bit did make me laugh. It's like a flaming fucking big long skewer, isn't it? He <laughs> probably launches it into this guy. And then it, it is a bit of a comedy sequence the next bit. The diamond's being kicked around the floor. The antidote's also being kicked around. Willie's scrabbling about looking for the diamond, isn't she? Because she's obviously, her eyes are glowing at this fucking huge stone. Indy's scrabbling about looking for the antidote because he's been poisoned. And it's just a, a bit of chaos in between, isn't there? There is, yeah, because you've got the Yakuza type. They're obviously there trying to fucking kill Indy pretty much. And there's like, all the crowd going mental. Eventually, Indy grabs, I think it's Willie grabs the antidote, and then she sticks it down her like bra, down her cleavage or something. And Indy grabs her, and they run and jump out of this window and that end up in ridiculous. this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, a fucking gong or something, isn't there? And Indy pulls it off, or he gets shot, and it rolls off. And he's running behind it as it's being machine gunned. He's sort of using it as a shield. <laughs> And then they just both jump out the fucking window. It's proper. I mean, it's it's brilliant, but stupid at the same time. It is, yeah. It is. I mean, there's a lot of parts like that in this movie, as I'm sure we'll get to. Yeah. And they end up in this car with fucking the most annoying character. I mean, even now, I can't stand <laughs> this guy. But we meet Short Rounder. I know he's a fan favourite, but even as a kid, this guy used to piss me off so much. <laughs> he just really irritates me. <laughs> it's like this little kid that's Indiana Jones' sidekick who's driving the really? car and he kind of... Yeah, it's another movie convenient or coincidence, isn't it? They they fall through a couple of canopies out of this window and just randomly into his car as he drives underneath. It's like the perfect timing, as if he knew that was going to happen at that exact moment. Um, but yeah, I remember you saying when we've discussed these films over the years, we've we talked about these. You've always fucking hated Short Round, haven't you? And yeah. I never had a problem with him until you started saying he was annoying, and I started finding him annoying as well. <laughs> It's weird because like two big movies when I was growing up were obviously the Indiana Jones ones, but also the Goonies. And he was in the Goonies as well. And the last time I watched the Goonies is a long time ago. And that's obviously a reason why. As a kid, I didn't mind it. I cannot fucking stand that film now. It's just a bunch of kids uh, constantly shouting. And I just can't. It does my head in. I cannot watch yeah. the Goonies anymore. Do you know what? I'm glad you said that because a couple of years ago, me and my girlfriend watched it. We're like, oh, She's well into 80s films as well. And it was on Netflix, I think, or Prime. Oh, let's watch the Goonies and the whole two hours or however long it is it pissed me off I was like I used to love this film but exactly the same as you it fucking wound me up for two hours non-stop <laughs> I'm glad I'm not alone there yeah because that was <laughs> no. a childhood favourite that I just cannot watch I don't even think at one point I was thinking should me and uh, JT review that and I thought you know what I don't think either of us we just about got through Killer Condom and the nostril pick and we're never going to get through the fucking Goonies <laughs> no, I suppose Spielberg didn't have a breakdown it. I wouldn't want to score it either because it's one of those ones that I loved and I'd have to give it a shit score now and I wouldn't want to. So no, <laughs> we're not going to, we're not going to ever review it. If someone recommends it, no. <laughs> yeah. 
know, out of bounds. But anyway, back to back to Temple of Doom. So short round drives them through, and they have like this kind of chase scene. And there's a bit of a funny bit here, and there's a lot of. I mean, this is an '80s movie, so there's a lot of like stereotypical bits. But there's this Chinese guy, and he's got like this little like basket um, kind of trolley thing, I suppose, that they take tourists round in, and they drive the car into the back of it, and he gets like pulled up into the air, and he's just like making these like stereotypical kind of like Chinese bizarre noises. And it's like that would ruffle a few feathers these days, but obviously it's thrown in there for comedy effect. Obviously back in this, back in this one. Yeah. You wouldn't get that sort of thing in a movie these days without someone uh, getting a bit upset about it. Would you, this, this next scene as well, um, when they finally get to their destination, I only realized this when I read a little bit before we did this, it's Dan Aykroyd, isn't it? They meet next. Is it? I didn't even know it that. Is. No, neither did I. I was doing a bit of research and I, I was going through the cast and I was like, Dan Aykroyd, who the fuck does he play? Um, and um, is it the Dan Aykroyd that I'm looking at? It's got to be. There can only be one Dan Aykroyd, isn't there? Yeah. Weber, his name is in this. That's mad, isn't it? Because it's like, obviously, he's quite, obviously, we know Dan Aykroyd, especially from the Ghostbusters era anyway, but he's a bit of a legend in his own right. But it's like when we're doing Close Encounters and Carl Weathers was in it for like a blink of an eye, wasn't he? And it's like, me, Carl Weathers in that movie. Yeah, well, the guy who they meet after the car chase, who gets them on the plane, is uh, is Dan Aykroyd. Um, and oh, Ghostbusters yeah. was a few years after this, so I guess this must have been one of his uh, his first uh, movie outings. Oh, good shout. And again, this is another a bit like Raiders, isn't it? There's a convenient plane waiting for them at the <laughs> airport, just like there was in the bloody river. But things yeah. don't go quite according to plan here, because he gets in the plane, and the, the Yakuza guy, the head of it, he's called like Lao Shea or something, and he pulls up just as Indiana and Willie, who for some reason is like just with them. Why did not she just wander off? She's now part of their though, tribe. Does he? Indy's not really happy the fact that Willie's with them. She sort of tags along uninvited. Yeah. And just as he's getting on the plane, he's like, yeah, nice try, Lao Shay. And then as the plane takes off, we see this kind of sinister grin on Lao Shay's face. And he's like, goodbye, Dr. Jones. And they all sort of fly <laughs> off. And we get the kind of map thing. That's a really bad impression. I'm sorry. Um, and then they're on his plane and Indiana Jones has gotten dressed into his, um, obviously his Indiana Jones outfit, you know, the only outfit he can wear when he's doing his, his actual archaeological <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Um, and there's a bit here I like, because uh, in the next movie, it kind of links to that, but I won't spoil it just yet. But she says to him, you know, what are you supposed to be, a lion tamer? And that actually comes into play in the next movie, um, The Last Crusade. And then he just basically mugs her off and he's like, fuck it, I'm going to sleep. And he just lays down and puts his hat over his eyes and <laughs> nods off. Yeah, yeah, he does. The pilots start dumping the fuel out now, don't they? Um, <laughs> this bit is fucking ridiculous, though, because Indy's like flat out and the plane's starting to crash. The pilots bail, don't they? They just fucking jump out. Um, I'm assuming yeah. they've got parachutes. You don't actually see the parachutes open. They just jump out of the plane. But we're assuming they, they have parachutes. Um, and then Indy, she does wake him up, Willie, in the end. She's like, wake up, wake up. And eventually he does wake up. And he goes to fly the plane, and she's like, do you know how to fly a plane? And he sort of goes, no, do you? And then Short Round realises there's no more parachutes. So this bit's fucking stupid. They they get this inflatable fucking raft, <laughs> don't they? And all three of them manage to jump out of the plane on this raft. And it's just, I mean, these films are far-fetched, I know. But my God, this is taking the piss a little bit, isn't it? Well, the fact that they jump out of a plane, I mean, they're in India at the moment. Um <laughs> Uh, and yeah, they jump out and they must fall like fucking, I don't know, three, four hundred feet. But they inflate this raft in midair and it just kind of bounces on the snow and they're all okay. And it's like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, in, it's... Like you say, it's stupid and it's supposed to be entertaining, but you're just like, come on, this is just getting silly now. I mean, they, they land on like a snowy mountain, like you say, and they, they manage to slide down that fine. 
And then they fucking go over a cliff into a river. I mean, the effects look pretty bad, but, you know, the film is nearly 40 years old, I guess. But, yeah, it's just fucking pretty bad, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I've got to say as well, the, the scene where we see, like, the plane crash into the mountain behind them, that looks really <laughs> superimposed. I and mean, I watched season 4K, and they have tightened it up, but it's still a bit... It looks so fucking copy and paste. It's still... It's just, it's just like, you can't make that look good. It's just like a big explosion, but no debris or anything, is there? It just explodes and then disappears. <laughs> but there so, so they've had their, like, I don't know, Romsey Rapid fucking experience going down the cliff and then into this river... Um, and then they got to pull up and there's like a kind of a tribal sort of Indian guy staring at them and they they end up in this like village who grant them shelter. Um, and Indiana asked if they can provide them with a guide because he wants to get back to Delhi. And the village chief, I assume he is, um, he asked for Indy's help. He's like a sacred stone called the Shivalinga, I think that's what he says, Good has stuff. been stolen along with all their children by a cult who practice black magic and child slavery. So Indy kind of recounts to Willie and um, Short Round, like through mythology, he knows that there's a story of five stones that were apparently given to humans by the gods to help them ward off evil. Now that the stone's been taken, um, evil could reach into this area. So he agrees to help and he has to go to somewhere called Pancock Palace, which I always thought was mm. Bangkok Palace, but it's actually Pancock. I've actually listened to it properly now. Yeah, I had to take a, a double take there because I thought they were saying Bangkok and I thought, no, it can't be. Yeah, you're right. One thing that I did have a problem with here is, um, well, there's quite a few problems in this film, but we'll touch on that. Um, <laughs> now, they're in quite a remote part of India, aren't they? And these guys are pretty primitive, but they speak fairly good English, don't they? That would never be the case. Yeah, especially back in, I mean, we're talking, you know, 30, fucking 40 years ago or something. Yeah, they, they do have a pretty good grasp of the, the American English, don't they? They do, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a small thing, but I was watching this again, obviously something you don't pick up on when you're younger, and I thought, there's no way these guys would have, you know, probably even a grasp of English, but they, they speak it pretty well. There's one bit here as well that kind of makes me laugh, and I like it, because obviously it shows that, although we get a few hints that Indiana Jones has a bit of a shady reputation at this stage of his career, he is respectful, because like, they give them food, don't they? And Willie's like, I'm yeah. not eating that, it looks like shit, and he's like, no that's more food than they get to eat in a week and you're yeah. insulting them and embarrassing me, so eat it. And it just looks like, I don't know, it just looks like shit on a leaf or something, doesn't it? I don't know what it's supposed <laughs> to be, but I do like that bit where he's like really going and no, you will, you know, while you're in there, sort of a guest in their house, as it were, yeah. be respectful. That's one thing about Indy. He's a bit of a gentleman, isn't he? He might be like a bit of a rogue, but he's a gentleman underneath it all. And uh, poor old Willie, she doesn't have much of a good time with food in this film, as we're going to find out in a minute. Yeah, it sort of goes from bad to worse for Willie. She has a bad time throughout the whole bloody film, really. And again, she's another one who annoys me because she's just constantly fucking... I know it's supposed to be there for comedy value, but it's just a little bit over the top, the amount of bloody wailing and screaming and stuff that she's done for this is does in this film. Yeah, she she's worse than uh, Marion last week. Marion was a bit more muted, wasn't she? Um, Willie's definitely a bit full on. Yeah, Marion was a bit more tomboyish as well. Like She could almost like look after herself a little yeah. bit, whereas like Marion's a typical kind of like just made out to be the ditzy damsel isn't she yeah willie you mean willie that's the one yeah <laughs> yeah she's a bit she she's a typical damsel in distress in this because you know no offense to her she's pretty fucking useless for most of it <laughs> so they get put on these elephants and they go for a trek through the woods or the jungle wherever it's supposed to be and it's it goes completely wrong like willie's getting like sprayed by the bloody the elephants and then they they camp 
and Shorty and India like just having a game of poker, aren't they? And she's like running mm. around screaming her head off. There's like snakes and spiders and Christ knows else what. And Indy's just like, the only problem with her is the noise. And I was like, you know, that's yeah. the best sentiment this movie has because I could fucking <laughs> mute that woman. She's so bloody annoying. Yeah, it's the thing, isn't it? If you haven't got short rounds being annoying, you've got her being annoying. So, yeah, it's pure comedy moment. And again, it's a scene that probably didn't need to be in the film. She's just running about, like you're saying, there's snakes and all kinds of shit going on. And Indy in short rounds are just ignoring her while she's prancing about in the background. It's one of those scenes, really, that, yeah, probably didn't even need to be in the film, really. Yeah, it didn't, because all they needed to do was transition from that village to Pancock Palace, which is where they end up shortly after, where they meet a guy called Shatar Lu, I think his name is. Um, again, another well-dressed, English-speaking uh, prime minister, apparently he's prime minister what? to the Maharaja. <laughs> this is the guy with glasses, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. From, from certain angles, he looks like Mr Bean. But then from other angles, he doesn't. I, I, I wrote him down as Mr. Bean in my notes because the first time you see him, you get a weird side view of him and it really looked, reminded me of him. But then when you see him later on, he looks nothing fucking like him. But if I do sort of revert back to calling him Mr. Bean, that's who I'm talking about. No, I mean, I got away with calling the guy Coulthard last week. So if you want to call him <laughs> Mr. Bean, I'm down. But he kind of looks like a cross between Mr. Bean and Gandhi, doesn't he? Yeah, it's just certain angles. He just gave me that Rowan Atkinson look. <laughs> So they're invited to dinner, and we also um, get a hint here that um, Shatar is aware of Indiana Jones, isn't he? Like, he knows his reputation, at yes. least at this point. He's like, oh, you're the revered archaeologist. But obviously that relationship turns a bit sour shortly. And I don't know where – I can't – I must have missed it, but they suddenly – like I assume the palace gave Willie, like, the fancy dress, but suddenly Indiana Jones has got, like, a really nice suit on for dinner, hasn't he? And it's like, that wasn't in your satchel when you left the village. <laughs> Yeah, they're dressed up for dinner. We meet, is it Captain Blumber or something now, don't we? A British um, captain. We get yeah. a bit of uh, introduction to him. But yeah, they're um, they're all dressed up and Indy suddenly, his eyes are sparkling a bit and he says that Willie looks like a princess. He suddenly realised that actually he might like this woman. It doesn't take him long, does it, to take a shine to women? No, it doesn't. He's a bit, like I say, he's one of his kind of James Bond qualities, isn't it? As soon as they're kind of doled up a little bit, he's like, oh, maybe uh, maybe you're not so bad after all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so they get like invited to dinner and a few bits happen here, but one of them is obviously Willie having a bad time because there's like fucking soup with eyeballs in it and there's like chilled monkey <laughs> brains for dinner and stuff. This is, again is pretty gruesome, this dinner that they're serving up. Yeah, this is where the, the memories of the movie really kick in for me. That whole opening, probably, what, half an hour or so, was a bit sketchy in my mind. But this is where I do kind of remember everything. But she has a bad time all throughout this because, first of all, she gets a bit excited because they're in the presence of a prince. And she's like, oh, is he taken? And they're like, no. And then the prince comes out and he's about 10, which pisses <laughs> her off. <laughs> so obviously, she's like, oh, fuck, I'm going to have to make do of Indy by the looks of this. And then... um. The food starts coming out. The first bits, I think they call it snake surprise. And it's this big boa constrictor wrapped around like a fucking, I don't know, whatever. And they sit it open and all these baby snakes or something come out of it. So obviously that turns her stomach. Then they bring out fucking these huge stag beetle type things. And one of the guys just peels it off and starts eating it like an oyster. And then I think she asks for some soup or something. She's like, oh, can you have, have you got soup or anything? something simple and they bring out this soup in her eyes oh yeah soup she smells it and she goes to take a spoonful and there's fucking eyeballs floating in it because so. <laughs> one bit is quite funny here is obviously she thinks she's going to get some soup and you even see shorty leaning don't you he's got a spoon in yeah. his hand thinking oh yeah finding something good to eat 
and then she does this really like comical like and her eyes go kind of like boss side <laughs> and she's like the full back like a fucking Saturday morning cartoon yeah there's one bit actually she does say that made me laugh when the guy's eating the bugs <laughs> and he sort of offers one to her she's like no I had bugs for lunch <laughs> it's quite funny but just before we move on to the next scene just to top it all off I think this is where she faints they bring out dessert and it's fucking monkey heads isn't it yeah, the, yeah the chilled monkey brains have, the tops of the heads have been sliced off so this guy picks the top of it off and he goes mm, my favourite chilled monkey brains <laughs> he dips in <laughs> it's almost like a fucking brain dead um, moment isn't it a brain dead we talked about a few weeks back although not as gruesome as that no, I love the way he says it though. It is so good. It's like mm, chill monkey brains, and it's like he's doing like a fucking commercial, isn't it? Like it's what you say at the end of like a soup advert. This is a whole other scene though um, that I don't know you get away with these days. Would they? Would that be sort of thought of as almost a racist scene that these guys eat all these different things? Do you know what I mean? I'm not trying to be funny or controversial, but I'm not sure you'd get away with a scene like that now. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I know we say the movie's in the 80s. It's Obviously, the film is set in the 30s, isn't it? 1930s, yes. whatever. So, obviously, this is way back when, because that's why you've got the, um, the the British regulars there, isn't it? Like, they're obviously, with their relationship we had with India back then and all that sort of jazz. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, that's why they're there, old Captain Blimber. But, yeah, you're right. I really don't know. But then I don't think it's that inaccurate, because I've seen quite a few kind of documentaries in the past. Yeah. You know, there are still tribes who live out in that, you know, quite um, isolated thing. You know, they don't have any technology in that round. I mean, I suppose that's just how they live off the land. They eat beetles and they know different cuisine, don't they? So possibly, I don't know. Yeah, I just thought it might be something that would set the snowflakes up. Oh, sorry, but they, let's not go down that path. Yeah, it doesn't take much. But um, no. <laughs> well, while Willie's having a really shit time with the menu, Indiana's, um, he's sort of like up towards the top of the table and he's chatting to old um, Shatar. And he's like saying, like, he's heard stories about this place. And it was a place where, um, what are they called? They're called like the thuggy or something. Um, the kind of voodoo people that we meet later. And he's like saying, yeah, this was an area where the thuggy used to be um, obviously worship and a place of dark power. And old Shatara, he's getting a bit dismissive, isn't he? He's like saying, oh, they're just bedtime stories and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and then the captain, old Blumber, he's starting to prick his ears up a bit. And he goes, oh, sounds interesting. It's almost like, and then Shatara's like, shit, I don't want people poking around here. So he's then like, I've heard stories about you, Indiana. He's kind of sort of throw it back, doesn't he? He goes, you're a bit of a thief and, you know, I've heard shady stories and we just get the idea that something isn't quite right about this place. Yeah, and I think this is the point where the prince pipes up as well. Again, in perfect English, he's, you know, he's not even that old. Um, he's, he's ashamed of what his people have done. So he, he kind of tries to put it to bed a bit, I think, doesn't he? He does. He's got that really kind of over-the-top voice. So he's like... Yes. I've heard the stories were there to frighten children. <laughs> like that, I don't know. Got, yeah, it's that proper pseudo English accent, which he definitely wouldn't have. But there we go. Yeah, that's another story. So, yeah, um, they kind of now retire back to their respective bedrooms. And we have a bit of a back and forth romance with Willie and Indy now, don't we? They're kind of like Indy brings <laughs> her a tray of food, like some fruit, because she's still starving and hasn't eaten anything regular. She actually, she gets proper wet for him when he brings her that food, doesn't she? She's been completely dismissive of him the whole time. Obviously, she's fucking hungry, but you can tell the best way um, to her is through her fucking stomach, isn't it? Because the minute he brings that fruit, she's all over him. Yeah, exactly. Because I love that scene where like, he's like, fine, if you don't want to talk to me. And he turns around and takes a bite out of an apple. Mm. And she runs up and sees he's got like 
the apple in his hand. She just grabs it and starts munching. And then he brings up this tray of like, I don't know, bananas and whatnot and stuff. But yeah, like you say, she gets a proper wide on once she sees a fucking tray <laughs> of fruit in his hand. <laughs> yeah. She even starts kissing him and everything now, doesn't she? And um, the sort of sexual tension between them starts for a little bit. Yeah. Cause I think he's like, Oh, you know, they're both like, Oh, you want me? And the other one's like, no, no, I don't want you. They're trying to obviously play it cool. But then they're like, yeah, in 15 minutes, you'll be in my bedroom. And then Indy's like, no, no, in 15 minutes, you'll be coming to me because you want me. And they kind of part ways and Indy goes back to his room. Um, but while Indy's in his, he gets attacked by some assassin of some kind, which he manages to defeat in, like short round of sleep on the bloody sofa. Yeah. Indy's having his massive scrap with his big dude. And it takes him ages to wake up. Like you'd hear yeah. that racket of those two fighting. <laughs> I've got exactly the same thing here. It's it's a good couple of minutes of like them battering the shit out of each other and furniture and that getting smashed up. And eventually Short Round does wake up. I think he chucks Indy his whip, doesn't he? And Indy gets the guy and manages to hang him to the ceiling fan. Yeah, I know about ceiling fans and they are useful, but I doubt they carry this guy's a big fucking <laughs> dude. I don't think it would like I know it pulls him up and it strangles him, and even that's a bit brutal for a PG movie. But as we said before, it's Spielberg. But I'm not sure if it take the full weight of him. No, not at all. All while this is going on, Willie's pacing around in her bedroom because she thinks Cindy's not interested, doesn't she? She's waiting for him to come in, and obviously he's trying to get to her as well. And uh, he's he's been sort of sidetracked a little bit by this big dude. Yeah, because we get a bit that's quite comical. Once he's obviously hung matey boy, he like bursts into her room and she's like oh Indy you've come and everything and he's like looking around the room and he goes where are they I'm here and she thinks he's there like playing it cool and he's like looking for like assassins and shit and it's just it is quite comical the way they do it because obviously Indy's on the case and she's obviously just trying to get like a leg over basically (laughs) the best bit about this is obviously he's feeling around all the sort of furniture and all the ornaments in the in the room isn't he looking for traps and stuff and then he starts touching up this statue and feeling it (laughs) she gives him this dirty look like you would as if what the fuck are you doing i'm here and he pushes it obviously and then finds a secret passage yeah yeah secret passage but it is funny the way he kind of like gropes his statue and that's like you say <laughs> like look on her face it's fucking priceless that is good yeah <laughs> it is good yeah i mean the, there are some good comedy moments in this sometimes they're not really needed in a film but i think they work quite well in this so just before they they go down the tunnel indy pulls out that bit of cloth doesn't he that the think the tribe gave him and it's got a picture on it which matches the picture on the the wall of the tunnel they're about to go down if i remember rightly yeah it sounds about right yeah it's like the symbol of the um i think it's a thuggy symbol isn't it or whatever they're called i'm gonna go with you on that because as you know i'm shit at remembering names so yeah (laughs) thuggy sounds about right but they kind of head down this weird fucking secret tunnely type thing now and um short round i think he says he's treading on fortune cookies or something doesn't he and I mean, it's like they're not fortune cookies and the floor is just full of cockroaches and fucking centipedes and millipedes and just bugs everywhere, isn't there? Although yeah. not many spiders, thank God. No, not like old matey boy who had tarantulas all over his back in the first one. Now it's just like you say, it's like bugs and stuff. But to be honest, seeing bugs in that mass quantity would probably still give me the fucking heebie-jeebies. Oh, yeah, I'm not a fan of them, don't get me wrong, but I could deal with that slightly better than I could a a floor full of tarantulas or great big fucking spiders. But, yeah, I still wouldn't be happy down there. It is is quite nasty. Um, There's a couple of booby traps, I think, short round sets off, and then they get into this room, don't they? And this is where he leans on the fucking wall and they get shut in and the ceiling starts coming down. Um, And Willie, at this point, hasn't um, entered the tunnel yet. She's still prancing around in her room. Yeah, and there's like a little, like a, a hole in the wall 
facing. So he starts calling to her, doesn't he? Um, yeah. And a bit by bit, like she slowly comes down and she's still in like a fucking nightdress or something, isn't she? Like a kind of like sex robes that she was trying to like woo Indy with. So she's like coming down bit by bit and this ceiling's coming down and obviously they're panicking. Indy like picks up a skull and puts it by like the wheel, doesn't he, to try and stop it. And then spikes start coming out. Yeah, there's quite a good line in this, actually. Another uh, Willy line. She has got quite a couple of good one-liners in this where um, she bumps into a couple of skeletons, which Short Round and India have already bumped into as they've gone down. And she's like, there's two dead people in here. And then he's like, there's going to be two more dead people in here if you don't get down here quick. I just thought that was quite good, the little bit of backs and forwards between the two of them. That bit cracks me up. There's also another bit, and it always makes me laugh, even when I was a kid. And even now, it gives me a good old belly chuckle. But, like, um, there's this tiny little, like, hole in the wall that Indy's, like, obviously bringing his face up to to speak. And at one point, he just really elaborately says, we are going to die. And then he yeah. pulls a really weird, kind of, like, <laughs> sad face, like an upside-down emoji or something. It always fucking cracks me up. Yeah. Eventually, um, after Willie's kind of disposed of a few bugs that have crawled all over and everything, she does. Um, Indy's magically worked out, but I guess he's got experience in this kind of thing. He's magically worked out that there's two holes one either side of this door kind of thing. And one of them's got the lever in it to um to stop the ceiling coming down. So Willie, to be fair to her, she's not happy about this and he wouldn't be, but she does eventually. And I say eventually because this fucking ceiling, the continuity is shit in this scene because one minute that ceiling's crushing them, the next minute it's about 10 foot higher than it was a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's pretty close in the end. The spikes are coming down by the side of Indy's hat, aren't they? And, she just about saves the day in typical movie fashion. Yeah, she does. It is very much the uh, the nick of time. And then when she comes into the chamber and fucking sets it off again, doesn't she? And then obviously yes. they've got to like dart out the other side. And we get that classic shot that's in all the movies where Indy rolls under a door, his hat comes off. Then he reaches under and grabs his hat just before the fucking door seals up. <laughs> yeah, how many times has that hat nearly killed him? Yeah, I know. i got to say, um, just going off topic a little bit, now, as you know, obviously for both of us really one of our respective favorite games is resident evil 4 and there's loads of things in this movie that just you can tell they took for resi there's one key bit particularly but i swear in resident evil 4 there's a room like this where the ceiling comes down with the spikes and you've got to stop the trap and everything and that's just one of the many indiana jones references that that, that game has um, as we sort yeah. of go along yeah you're right do you know what i never really put two and two together until you said that but yeah it really is isn't it there's a whole uh, although they're not monks, but some of the guys in the scene that's coming up are like some of the bad guys in Resi, aren't they? Resi 4. Yeah, the old last Ganandos or whatever they call. But yeah, there's yeah. a few bits. And obviously, as we've mentioned many times in the past, a key scene, obviously, right towards the end of this movie is a big one in that that game. But we'll get there. But yeah, I just when I um was watching it through this time, I was like, man, that, that ceiling bit. Yeah, there's quite a lot of Resident Evil 4. Or there's a lot of Indiana Jones in Resident Evil 4, should I say. Yeah, that's a really good shout. And like I say, I'd never really put two and two together, but you're totally right. So now they, they come into an opening and we see old Papa Shango and he's doing um, <laughs> Papa Shango. Do, do you know who he reminded me of? No, only <laughs> only when he's got the hat on, because when he's not got the hat on, he's fucking bald. When he's got that hat thing on and all his gear and shit, he reminded me of Alice Cooper. His face and the makeup he's got on. Fucking, it's, it's Alice Cooper, I tell you. 
uh, it, to be fair, looking at some of Alice Cooper's stage shows, you can imagine being like, feed my Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually got him in my notes as Alice Cooper. And then I was like, hold on, he's fucking bald. He doesn't look much like him when he hasn't got his headgear on. But, yeah. <laughs> well, in my notes, he's Papa Shango, but I think his real name is actually <laughs> Mola Rama, something like that. Yeah, yeah, Mola Rama. I think you're right. But yeah, Papa, Papa Shango, Cooper, Alice Cooper, whatever. Yeah, him. <laughs> Well, he's got some poor get strapped into a bondage cage, hasn't he? And he's doing this fucking ritual. And this is, I love this line. I mean, I've used this so many times. And I used to be a guy I worked with in where I work now. He's He's gone. But we used to always, every time we walked past each other, he'd be like, Kalima, Kalima, <laughs> shut the day. And he's doing this fucking voodoo stuff to this poor little fucker who's strapped up like he's about to get ploughed or something. Yeah, this is a famous scene, though, isn't it? And yeah, I, I remember it being more brutal than this. I watched this on Prime, but I wouldn't have thought it'd been cut. Um, before he lowers him in, he's doing his old chanting and stuff, and then he puts his hand obviously on his bare chest and he sort of twists it and pulls his heart out. And I just remember it being more vivid. I don't know, maybe maybe I just imagined it. But he holds it up and it's still beating, isn't it? This guy's heart. And he's still alive as well after having his heart pulled out. Yeah, because he's chanting something in his own, obviously in his own right, probably fucking praying to God or something as he would yeah. be. But when you say that, I mean, I, as I say, I've watched these, the 4K ones, and this was gorier than I remembered it being. Because you actually mm. see like his chest split open and he pulls the heart out and shit. Because when this was always on TV, that bill was got cut out. You just saw the hand go on the chest yeah. and then it sort of cut away. But yeah, I remember watching it and I even said the rage. I was like, now i haven't seen the uncut version of this movie in so long i forgot how like brutal this bit is uh, maybe maybe it's been cut on prime then because it wasn't brutal at all on prime and i thought i'm sure it looked much more fucking brutal than that last time i watched this on dvd or whatever it would have been so um, maybe prime have cut it then disappointing possibly yeah it depends there's so many like different edits and cuts throughout the years yeah. isn't there like you never know what they end up with um but anyway he pulls his guy's heart out and they lure him over this um this kind of pit and then below it's obviously like fire or lava or whatever it's supposed to be and he's lowering the guy down and doing some chant and the guy catches fire but then the heart in um molar arms hand hand isn't it like that catches fire as well and he just starts like screaming and doing whatnot it's quite full-on i don't know what it was like on prime but the version i watched recently this was actually quite brutal yeah the bit where he gets lowered into the pit and everything and he holds the heart up and it catches fire and everything and there's a bit of blood dripping out of it and stuff yeah that was all all fine and exactly how I remember it. I'm just a bit wary now that that was cut the heart bit. I might have to do a bit of research there because that's disappointing because you wouldn't expect Prime to cut it. Um, but maybe because it's still rated as a PG, maybe they thought it wasn't suitable. I don't know. Could be barking up completely the wrong tree. But no, yeah, it would be interesting um, to sort of see the, the differences between the two. Speaking of interesting things, I mean, you know what Spielberg's like. He gets away with a hell of a lot, but he actually. Um, the bit where the guy's going down in the cage, you know, and he catches fire and he's writhing yeah. and screaming, that was like an animatronic dummy. So it gave like motion that the guy was on fire and he was trying to obviously get out of his cage and that. But apparently that was actually too brutal in the original form for Spielberg. That's why he puts, I don't know if you noticed it on Prime, but there's like a layer of kind of CGI or what passed for CGI back then, like a layer of fire over the top. And he mm. put that there to keep it a PG because that bit would look apparently like really like full on, even for Spielberg. All right. Yeah, I mean, you could tell there was some superimposed fire over the top of it. So, yeah, that probably was what you described there. Um, this next bit made me laugh. So we've had Alice Cooper, um, Papa Shango, fucking Molaram, whatever his name is. <laughs> <laughs> the next 
bit with the, the guys, they've all got the stones. They look like fucking Kiss, don't they, with their makeup? They so do. We're, actually... <laughs> we're going to like full on 80s fucking metal now. It's like an 80s metal concert we've got going on here. That's amazing. Look it up. I've actually got them down <laughs> as fucking mushroom head on mine, though. But you're right. They look more like Kiss. But we're on the same wavelength because um, they put the stones in this big kind of like skull, don't they? It's like a rock yeah. skull. And Indy says, oh, they've got three stones. That means there's obviously two more somewhere. But then one of them just fucking jumps up right in front of Indy. This guy's like, this weird like face paint. <laughs> and I'm like, fucking hell, it's like a fucking mushroom head concert. But you're right, Kiss are just as good. <laughs> yeah. That, Indy decides he's going off now to get these stones, doesn't he? And that, it's quite weird because one minute there's all these guys and they're chanting and stuff. And you've got old Mola Ram and his guys, Kiss and all that. And you've got sort of just some minions, I guess, that are all swaying and chanting, getting really into it. The crowd is, is if you like, you know, a bit of crowd surfing, a bit of moshing. But <laughs> two seconds later, Indy goes down to get the stones and there's no one there. They've all fucked off. Yeah, no, it doesn't take long to clear it out. I mean, obviously, I've been to gigs before. It takes fucking ages <laughs> to get out of them. I mean, they <laughs> clear that thought. fucking place like, really well, don't they? <laughs> yeah, they're all gone. There's no one there. So Indy manages to go down and um, he gets the, the stones. And this is quite a good little touch now. While, he, while he's getting the stones, there's like a snake statue in there and he tips his hat to it in sort of owed to the fact he still fucking hates snakes. Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, and then they kind of, they get ambushed around this point, don't they? And I'm um, sort of like caught, they're trying to make their escape and then all like yeah. fucking, I don't know, Gene Simmons jumps out and does whatever <laughs> he fucking does. But yeah, they all they all get caught at this point and um, Indy gets thrown in the cage and he's like watching and they look like, they're in these mines, aren't they? And they're like, they're whipping yeah. these kids and they're all like doing whatnot. And there's like a little kid in the cage with him, another slave. And he's like, Molaram, you know, when he's not like performing in front of thousands of people, he uses voodoo to put people under his spell. And he's using children to mine the last two stones because he wants all five of them. He's only got three, but they're using kids. Obviously, that's why they've stolen all the kids from the villages to use them as slave labor at this point. Yeah, that's right. Um, and now um, Indy's kind of chained up and he's talking to Molaram, who now looks like something out of Right Said Fred rather than Elvis Cooper. <laughs> He's too sexy. <laughs> yeah. He, he looks like that fucking avatar thing, doesn't he, with a big stripe on his head. Oh, fucking hell, yeah. Not the James Cameron one, the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever that fucking stupid thing was. The one he could get a thousand achievement points on the Xbox in about three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that one. <laughs> People out there now making a note of that. Oh, I'll get that game. Fucking hell, game <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, want a quick, quick thousand G. That's the way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's got Indy tied up and he's like, Oh, is it this point? Yeah, he's trying to get Indy to sort of join the cause, isn't he? And get him yeah, to like drink the, drink the um. I suppose it's supposed to be blood or whatever it's supposed to be, some kind of liquid to put him under the spell. Yeah, and blood, I think. And Shorty's there going, no, no, Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones, spit it out. So Indy spits it out, then obviously gets like a fucking wallop in. And then they both start getting whipped, don't they? They get both chained up. Yeah, they've got a convenient voodoo doll, which looks like Indy as well, haven't they? Which they, they start stabbing, which makes him obviously go a bit funky and a bit sort of incapacitated. So eventually he does drink the blood, doesn't he? He's got no choice. He's kind of been fucked over. So he does drink it and then he goes kind of all funky and trippy, doesn't he, almost? He's in a trance. He is, yeah. And he pulls out this really, it's supposed to be sinister, but it's actually kind of comical, the face he pulls. You know, it's like he's like he's about <laughs> yeah. to lose a game of shot or something. It's like, I don't know. But I tell you what, they do a pretty good job at this voodoo doll, considering they only turned up five minutes ago. You know, they they whipped that up pretty good for a likeness. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's some good merch, isn't it? It didn't take long to get that out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it does look like him. The prince uses it a bit later on as well. Or if, if it's another one, then obviously they've got more than one of these things. 
But yeah, I, I thought that. It's like, that's pretty impressive because two minutes ago you didn't know who this guy was and now you've got a doll that looks pretty much exactly like him. Well, if, obviously, if old Mola Rams and Kiss, they know about merchandise, don't they? They probably <laughs> straight onto the blower to their fucking press representative or something. Yeah, <laughs> Give exactly. me some indie dolls. <laughs> <laughs> but um, old Shorty, he gets sent down the mines and Indy's pulling his weird face and is now like a stooge for um, Mola Rams for five minutes at this point. Yeah, he's kind of trancing out and stuff. And um, I, I thought he was pretending he's into the, the ceremony and stuff. I don't know if he, he is actually pretending or whether he's completely in a trance because, spoiler alert, a little bit later on, he kind of gets burnt to get out of it, doesn't he? So maybe he was actually in the trance properly. Um, but this is weird, this bit, because short rounds all chained up and everything. And then he just sort of picks at the chains and whacks them about a bit and breaks free pretty fucking easily, doesn't he? I thought that. I was like, well, he got away pretty quick. You know, these other kids, I mean, I know they're kids, but they're pretty fucking useless. So they, he's like been chained <laughs> up and in like two minutes flat, he's like escaped already, which makes one, those guards are fucking useless. And those kids, you know, they obviously haven't put any effort into escaping. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that as I did. Not much effort to get out of them. And maybe the kids are just too tired and whatever, malnourished to even get out. I don't know. But we're probably thinking too deep into that. But while all that's going on, old uh, Willie's been. Uh, kind of she's the new sacrifice isn't she and indy's actually putting her into the cage and sort of about to lure her into the fire yeah old molaram he's not having any of it he's like you ain't fucking pissing me off i mean i was actually on the same page as um you know molaram at this point i was like yeah get rid of her it's fucking annoying um <laughs> but i suppose this is supposed to be you could have almost done with a little bit of like um in hindsight like maybe a bit of fleshing out between the how like molaram wants Indy to do this because it's clear like he wants him to make the sacrifice like you say he's strapping her into the old bondage cage and doing whatnot so it could have been like a little bit more of a fleshing out of what like Molaram his um, intentions are with Indy but it just suddenly like he's in a trance and now he's going to sacrifice Willie without any kind of exposition between the two points yeah you're right it's a bit of a weird scene because obviously we've had short round chained up so I'm assuming they're going to use him as a slave but that worked for about five minutes and then like I say, why are they trying to get Indy to do this? Surely they would just sacrifice Indy as well and put pay to both of them. I don't know. But anyway, Short Round has rescued, well, got out of the change, and he comes to rescue Indy, but Indy gives him a proper fucking slap, which <laughs> makes me laugh a little bit. But then, as I just said a minute ago, Short Round then burns him with a torch, and that, that kind of sparks Indy back into Indy mode. So whether he was faking his trance or not, I'm not sure. Maybe you could shed some light on that, but he sort of winks his short round and tells him he's okay, doesn't he? As if to say, you know, I'm back. I'm just fucking about now. Yeah, I mean, the way I've always read it is Indy does, obviously, he does get put in the trance. Because I wouldn't have thought yeah. Indy, if he was pretending, he would never have hit Shorty. Because that bit yeah. where, um, again, it's good acting on Harrison Ford's part and it's good characterization for Indy. But there's a bit where they chain Indy and short round up and they're both being whipped. And Indy's like, leave him alone, you bastards. And he's like properly yeah. trying to protect. Even though he's chained up, he's still trying to like protect Shorty. So I don't think even if he was faking it, he would have ever hit him. But then at the end, obviously, yeah. like the two or like some of the um, members of fucking Kiss, they pick Shorty up, don't <laughs> they, after he's burnt Indy and they're about to kill him. And he's like, no, no, he's mine. And then he gives him that really elaborate wink. And then they both kind of do like a double team. Like there's little kids kicking the shit out of all these fucking <laughs> members of Resident Evil 4. And Indy's like doing the elaborate punches with those like over the top sound effects for each punch where it's like because yeah. he's like fucking punching them <laughs> yeah this is quite a comical fight to me, isn't it? some of Kiss get chucked into the pit short rounds like say dishing out some punishment to guys five times his size and also while all this is going on Willie's getting lowered into the, the fiery pit for want of a better word 
and um, it takes forever. And she gets close, then she gets pulled up a little bit, then she drops down a bit more. And it's just like, obviously, again, it's for dramatic tension I want to use, but it's not really tense because you know she's not going to die. But she would have fucking burned long before she even hit where she gets to, wouldn't she? Oh, yeah. Well, old matey boy, the first guy, like he was on fire before he even got halfway down. <laughs> and then it shows a shot of her and she's like two feet above the lava. Yeah. I was like, you'd have been fucking cooked by now. But yeah, for some, and then she's wearing all these like fucking elaborate robes at this point. All her clothing would have caught fire. But yeah, like you say, it's for dramatic effect. But it is fucking stupid because she'd have been dead like long <laughs> before they fucking pull her back out of there. Because he, um, it's one of those really big kind of like, oh, I can't remember what it is. Those big kind of wheels, isn't it? Like you did the moat of a castle yeah. up with. And he ends up like punching old Shatar into it. And then the kind of like the handle lands on him and kills him, doesn't it? And that's how he like dispatches that guy. Yeah. Yeah, eventually they, they get Willie out, obviously. Willie, oh dear, that sounds dodgy. They get... Um, <laughs> they get PG around. movie, what are you on about? <laughs> yeah, it's not Arnie with his fucking torture out. Um, anyway, <laughs> they get her out of the fire. Um, Indy and Willie now have a bit of an embrace, don't they? they? They finally get their sort of kiss that they've been sort of trying to get for the last hour of the film. This is getting messy now because we've had fucking kisses and Gene Simmons. Now we've got proper kisses and fucking Willie's coming out. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Good job this is um, an R-rated podcast, isn't it, really? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, so they have like a little kiss and then we get... um, It just becomes like the end kind of fight scene. Like They run into um, the old um, the mind, don't they? Can't get me fucking words out. And then they sort of free the kids who bugger off and then they have this big fight with um, all... um the guards, the members of Kiss and the Mosh Pit crew. But then we get, this is like a, a nod to the first movie where we had Charles Bronson. We get this big fucking mm. massive guy, don't we, coming out that Indy's got a fight, but then the prince or the Maharaja, he turns up and starts using the voodoo doll. So Indy's obviously in pain and he's getting his absolute ass kicked and not being funny. I mean, Harrison Ford's in good shape and he's a great guy, but this guy's fucking massive. I mean, one punch from him would probably level most people, but Indy gets a fucking right paste in. Yeah, yeah, he does. This this whole scene is classic as it is, and it is a great scene, but fucking hell, for a start, we've already had Short Round taking out some of the Kiss guys, but he carries on, doesn't he? He's battering the shit out of these fucking guys that are massive, and also, they managed to free all the kids by unlocking about two fucking padlocks, <laughs> <laughs> and then all the kids are free. So how the fuck did you do that? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And they'll go like, we see like a shot, like, I don't know how far away they are, but they've managed to get out to the palace and they're all running along the fucking table, kicking all the cutlery off like they're in a Jamiroquai video or something. And it's like, fuck, you know, what's going on? But then Indie Shorty is still down there. But it's just like, this is just fucking ridiculous. I mean, it's fun because like you sat there and you're like, yeah, yeah, it's a good action scene. But then we end up with Indy um, and oh, fucking big, where his name is, Bronson 2, um, on this kind of... Um, I can't know what you call it, like a like a rock crusher, isn't it? It's like a big yeah, thing spinning around that crushes crushes loads of rocks on this kind of conveyor belt. And they're getting yeah. closer and closer. But the prince is um he's got the voodoo doll and he's up at the top watching and he keeps stabbing Indy, which is obviously completely fucking him up. But then old short round goes up and he, he kind of sorts the prince out, doesn't he? He fucking knocks the shit out of him and then suddenly the prince is his best friend and tells him how to escape. Yeah, I think he burns him again, doesn't he? And yeah. like, takes him out of the trance, and then he takes a knife out, and then Indy kind of... You get this really dramatic, like, Indy looking at the camera, like, yeah, like Popeye eating his fucking spinach, isn't it? And he, like, <laughs> stands up and starts beating up this fucking guy who's about 20 times the size of him. But then his sash gets caught in the rock grinder, and he gets sucked in and crushed, which is, again, a bit gnarly, a bit like how Bronson died, isn't it, when he got killed by the plane propeller? 
It's very similar because it's the way in that first film where Indy kind of gives the knowing look that you're going to fucking die and I'm not really going to have to do anything. And it, in this one, it's almost like Indy goes to try and save him and he's like, no, fuck it, he's a goner. But yeah, like I say, Sash gets caught in this um, rock crusher thing. There's not much blood, is there? And obviously it's a PG, but he gets completely fucking pulverised by this. You don't see it, you hear it, and it's quite a gnarly noise. But then the wheel spins back round and there's just a little smear of blood on there, isn't there? When this guy's <laughs> been completely fucking flattened and there's just like a little fucking smear of raspberry jam on it. Yeah, yeah, it is a bit... Like you say, it's not going to be like a gore fest, but yeah, it looks like someone just no. spilled a bit of ketchup on the wheel or something. It's like, <laughs> you know, there'll be fucking blood and guts and fucking God knows elsewhere on that bloody wheel. But what can you do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So as, as we just said, um, Short Round sorted the prince out. He's burnt him, taken him out of his trance. Seems to be the way to do it. Just burn some of the torch and they sort of flip out of it. And the prince um, then tells him, I think they've got to take the left tunnel or something, he tells them. Could be the right, but I think it's the left. And this is where we now get the fucking, the classic minecart scene, which um, is quite iconic, isn't it? It is, yeah. And it's another big nod. Well, not a nod too, but obviously Resi, there's that sequence. And we always said it, didn't we? When we started playing Resident yeah. Evil 4 when it came out, we are like, oh, the minecart sequence. That reminded me of Temple of Doom and all that stuff. So another one there. But the thing is, is like, why do they have to get into the minecart at this stage? They can get <laughs> out through the palace. And the fucking, the prince, he does like a bloody, a newt in this one. He's like, to get out, you must take the left tunnel. It's a bit like loose, <laughs> isn't it? A newt, isn't it? Which is like, straight ahead and left. It's just like really <laughs> elaborate. <laughs> It is. Yeah, I didn't think of that. But you're totally right. The kids have managed to get out just by running in. Just they've got out into the palace. So I'm assuming it wasn't even that far because the cut we get from Indy and the guys being in that room to being where the ritual was held is a quick cut. And I don't know how long it took them to get there. Obviously, the kids knew their way out. So, yeah, what, why they get into the Minecraft? Uh, Minecraft? Fucking hell. <laughs> Minecraft. Get into Minecraft is no, I don't. I watched <laughs> I'm playing that last week and I still don't understand it. Um, why they get into the minecarts, I don't know. Obviously, it's for the, the movie effect, but yeah, there's absolutely no fucking point to it. Yeah. Now, <laughs> this fucking minecart sequence, I mean, let's be honest now, it hasn't aged particularly well as it. It starts off all right, because when I watched, again, the 4K bit, I said the rates like, this is going to look fucking dreadful. <laughs> and the first couple of like shots of it, when they're like going through the tunnels, I was like, oh, this does actually look too bad. But then they open up into the bigger caverns. And I was like, oh, fucking hell, this looks fucking dreadful now. It, it's a really, it's a cool sequence. And obviously, and imagine back in the day, it would have been fucking awesome. And they made a ride about it in Disneyland or somewhere, or somewhere like that. But my God, this scene does not look good at all these days. No, I've been on, well, there's one in Disneyland, Paris, or whatever it's called. Um, and I've been on that. It's quite cool. Um yeah, I don't know, actually. When I watched this Tuesday night, a couple of nights ago, I thought, considering how old it is and how bad I thought it was going to look, I didn't think it looked too bad because the way they've shot it, they're all very quick cuts, aren't they? You don't really get a long shot of anything. It's a quick cut to, a, well, not CGI, is it the blue screen, whatever they're using, then a quick cut to the fucking dummies they're using. So it's shot quite cleverly. Um, yeah, it doesn't look brilliant, but it did look better than I thought it was going to look. I was literally about to cringe, and I thought, actually, considering how old it is, that didn't look as bad as I thought it would. No, that's a good shot. You know, you're, for the age, yeah, it, it, it does well, and obviously there's a lot of trickery use. I think the scenes that probably look 
that really let it down are the ones when the mine carts start crashing because obviously they're coming up mm. beside him and like they're fighting and it's how long is this fucking tunnel in the first place i mean yeah, I this scene goes on for about <laughs> 10 minutes like how far have they been mining but anyway this goes on for ages but it's the bit where they're in the open cabins they look bad and then the bits where the mine carts crash and then the yeah. bit in the minute with the water that looks yeah. fucking terrible as well and it's like how much water have they pulled down there you know, it's like this little, like, water, well, not little, but on those <laughs> typical water containers, they pour it down, yet it turns into, like, a massive, like, fucking monsoon flood. It's like, that would have all just gone into the lava and steamed up. But, yeah, they get chased by this yeah. massive fucking tidal wave for about 30 miles of cabin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's another kind of comedy moment, isn't it? Um, I was about to call him Arnie then. Um, Indy uh, manages to, after they dispatched a couple of the guys following them in kind of comical fashion, um, Shorty pulls the brake off the front of the cart, doesn't he? He's been sort of miraculously been able to brake exactly the right time to stop them flying off the edge of any of the corners or whatever. But anyway, he pulls the, the brake off so they can't brake. So Indy gets on the front and he's using his boots and his brakes and his, obviously his shoes are starting to catch fire. So eventually he stops them again, dramatic effect, about a millimetre away from the end of the fucking track. And then he's like, water! Why don't he fucking his feet are on yeah, fire? <laughs> Old molar arm fucking smashes up the water container, and then, like I say, all hell fucking breaks loose with the floods. Yeah, he's like that bit. He's hovering around, saying, "Water, water, I need water." Then he sees the water, and he's like, "Water, water," and he's like pointing, <laughs> trying to warn him. And it's like fucking, it's so stupid, but I love the way Harrison Ford plays it. He just does it so well. Yeah. Um, and I think, as you said, that water part probably looks worse than the actual minecart chase. It did look pretty fucking ropey when it's all flood, flooding down the thing. And, and miraculously, they managed to to get to the edge of the cliff and the water's bursting through. They, they're kind of either side, aren't they, of the hole of the, the exit to the cliff and the water's coming out. And somehow it's just about missing them um, again in dramatic movie fashion. Yeah, because I don't know what this cliff's made out of fucking clay by the looks of it, because mm. the water bursts like this hole through and doesn't seem to be any, like, rock or granite. But then this big, like, fucking wooden beam comes through and nearly takes Indy's head off, obviously, you know, misses him by a fraction. It's like this cave, obviously, isn't, or this rock formation, this massive cliff, it's not made of, like, stern stuff, is it? No, I mean, I know when water's rushing, it's got a lot of power, but you do wonder, like you say, what this cliff's made of. But, you know, it adds to the movie effect, doesn't it? So... Short round in Willie now, there's like a, a wooden fucking rickety bridge, isn't there? So they decide they're going to go over the bridge. And now Indy has a bit of a fight with a couple of guys, but he's eventually surrounded um, on the bridge, isn't he? He's got guys either side of him. I think Willie and Short Round have made it to the other side, though, haven't they? And they bump into Mola Ram, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. No, no, that sounds about right, because Indy's kind of in the middle and he like threatens, he's got all the stones in his satchel, hasn't he? And he's like, I'll throw him into the river. And the river's got alligators or crocodiles in it or something. Yeah. And Molar Arm's like, um, I'll go ahead, you know, they'll be found, but you won't. So Indy like puts the satchel back on. Um, and the guys are obviously getting closer and closer. And then Molar Arm pulls out a knife and kind of ushers Willie and short round onto the bridge, doesn't he? So he's like, I'll oh, make sure Indy doesn't do anything stupid like cut the rope. But he does anyway, doesn't he? He says something in Chinese to um short round, obviously like hold on or something. Then he just starts cutting the rope with this sword and then the bridge snaps in half yeah where did he get that sword from did he nick it off one of the guards did he have it strapped to his back he's just suddenly got this massive fucking sword and also <laughs> he, he, he shouts the short round like you say in chinese like hold on or whatever short round has a bit of a oh my god panic 
But then almost in slow motion, he starts wrapping like bits of the bridge around himself, obviously to get an anchor because he knows what's coming. And then Willie's like, oh my God. She starts sort of wrapping herself around it as well. And Mola Ram doesn't seem to notice any of this is going on. And they don't do it subtly, do they? No, they don't. And like I say, there's men all around and none of them seem to kind of consider that, right, why are these two suddenly like <laughs> holding on for dear life? I'll tell you one bit here though. I mean, we said before, like Harrison Ford, He's not like a massively muscular guy. He's in good shape, but he's fucking, he looks a bit ripped here, doesn't he? When he like holds his arms mm. up with a sword, his biceps are like almost bulging in this. I was like, fucking hell, he, he looks like pretty hardcore here. Yeah, he does look good in, in all these films. Yeah, he's definitely been a man crush of mine for pretty much all my life. Um, but yeah, he, he cuts the bridge. Um, <laughs> and again, it's like, it's pretty shit the way he cuts it. But the bridge splits in two. Some of the, um, the guards fall off one side. Indy, Mola, Ram, Shorty and everyone else is on the other side. But the force of that bridge splitting and then crashing into that cliff, I don't think they'd have survived. I mean, imagine just like, because it's one of those wooden bridges with the little gaps. If you were holding on and then your knuckles smacked against a rock <laughs> surface at that velocity, like break your hands, wouldn't it? But yeah, somehow they they managed to stay on. It's always like typical henchman style, isn't it? Like all of Mola Ram's like goons, they all fall down and get eaten by crocodiles. <laughs> but he manages to hold on, doesn't he? I think one other guy manages yeah. to and there's a fucking star wars moment here there's like a thousand of molar arms goons on the other side of the cliff <laughs> and they all shoot like bows and arrows and they all fucking miss there's like a hundred of them they all hit yeah. around indy but none of them hit him yeah exactly it's quite funny actually because like I say one of molar arms henchmen do, does survive and i think he's up above him and molar arm just fucking pulls him off and chucks him into the crocodile pit at the bottom and i'm like why'd you do that <laughs> it's supposed to be your mate <laughs> yeah you bastard and then he um he fucking gets up there with Indy, doesn't he? He starts trying to like use that ritual and pull his heart out. And then yeah. Indy, I swear, he starts using a bit of voodoo here as well, doesn't he? He starts saying something like, you betrayed Shiva or something. Or yeah, They're does. kind of like going back and forth with some voodoo with each other. Yeah, they're, they're having a bit of a, a to and fro with this voodoo shit. And they're, they're sort of fighting, trying to get each other off the bridge. And then the, the stones fall out. They start catching fire, don't they? They fall out of the bag. Um the stones Indy's got, and two of them actually fall into the river, but the third one, Indy catches it just as it cools down, doesn't he? Yeah, there's another, you know, lucky there, isn't he? Yeah. Like playing a game of hot potato, and he just manages to catch one, and he's like, oh, I can keep hold of that one. <laughs> that doesn't molar arm, this is how he dies. Doesn't he catch one of the burning ones, burn himself, and just fall off the bridge, and then have a really <laughs> shit fucking death, the way he sort of falls off, and it's just, it looks really bad, doesn't it? He falls to his death with the crocodiles. Yeah, I mean, all of the um, all the goons, including old um, Papa Shango, when they fall down, it looks terrible. It just looks like little bits of black ink are on the screen, <laughs> the way they've kind of, like, CGI'd it. I mean, you see a few shots of, like, the, the alligators or the crocodiles, whatever they're going to be, um, like, rolling around, like, looking like they've just eaten something, but really they're just kind of doing a roll around with, like, a scarf wrapped around them, <laughs> making it look like they're just eating fucking, you know, like, crocodiles and drag or something. But I swear they use the same shot about three times as well, those fucking crocodile alligator things, whatever they are. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how easy it is to film crocodiles. Maybe they you're like, fuck, I'm not going down <laughs> there again. But we got all, like, the, um, the fucking stormtroopers, or the equivalent of shooting arrows and doing fuck all, and then the Brits turn up, don't they? The English Red regulars turn up and kind yeah. of start shooting molar arms guys as Indy, Shorty and um, Willie all kind of like pulled themselves up to safety. They're a better shot than the guys with the bows and arrows as well, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, well, you'd like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they basically 
take out a lot of molar arms guys. I don't think they killed them all. I think some of them just run off. I think they've had enough now. Their, their boss is dead. So they're probably going to try and go back to a normal life or as normal as it can be. Um, so Indy, Willie and Short Round go back to the village. All the kids miraculously then turn up pretty much the same time. Um, they've, they've managed to make their way back to the village. Fuck knows how. So uh, Indy and I had to go on elephants to get there. So, you know, they must have been running for a fair while. But anyway... <laughs> They all get back to the village. Everyone's all happy. Willie and Indy have a kiss and stuff. And then we, that's pretty much the end of the film, isn't it? It is, yeah. Because you think there's been a lot of like flirting in bits and pieces. But Willie and um, Indy haven't actually got it on as such up until this point. And she's like, they're obviously pretending they don't like each other again. And he like, whips her around the waist, doesn't he? And pulls her in for a kiss. And yeah. Like you say, it kind of just like the music kicks in. And that's the end of the movie, really. Sort of a happily ever after. Or not in this case. Because obviously we don't see her again and we don't see Shorty again. No, exactly. Indy's love interests <laughs> don't seem to last very long, do they? No, they don't. So, um, shall we uh, look at giving this one a couple of scores? I reckon so, Brad. Roll. Who's going first? Uh, you go first. Okay, I will. Right. So, what can I say about this? Well, it is another classic, isn't it? And this was, again, it, I wouldn't say it was hard to score, but. Really, I think it's definitely another score with my heart, which kind of leans to where I'm going with this. I mean, Harrison Ford's awesome, isn't he? Indy is one of the best characters of all time. He, as we said last week, he's played Indy and Han Solo. I mean, what a thing to have on your resume. Um, I thought Kate Capshaw, to be fair, although she's annoying, she does a good job of being annoying. Um, so she's she's good in her role. She's made to be annoying, and she, she was. So I guess it worked. Um, short rounds never annoyed me until you mentioned he was annoying and then he did piss me off a bit but he's all right again he's there for a bit of comedy value and sort of to sort of be between Indy and her isn't he I guess um but he does great a bit and it's another one that probably did just about scrape a PG Spielberg flexing his muscles again there (laughs) um and as we've said as we've gone through it certainly shows his age in places I think some of the pacing's a bit weird as well particularly at the start just seems a bit off. There's a couple of bits that just seem a bit weird. Um, but it's a great action adventure, isn't it? It's exactly what you expect in these sort of films. And I was going to score it down a bit. I must say, I was going to be a bit harsh on it, but I can't be. It, it's got to be five others again, just because this film is just, I remember it from when I was 10 years old and it stuck with me all that time. So afraid I'm going to have to cop out and give it another five others bread roll. No, very, very, very good. Um, yeah, I mean, I do agree with a lot of what you said there. Um, again, obviously, Harrison Ford is amazing, and I do love Indiana Jones as a character. Um, he is an absolute legend and a childhood favorite, and continues to be obviously a favorite now. the The issues I have with this movie is, as you know, over the years, I really don't like Short Round. I can tolerate him a bit more now, but he does great on me a bit. And Willie, she's annoying, but then, like we mentioned, sometimes I the one-liners and the facial expressions kind of redeem her a bit. They are genuinely quite funny and they bounce off like her and Harrison Ford bounced off each other pretty well, not as well as her and Spielberg did apparently. Um, (laughs) But there was still a bit of bouncing going on. This movie, I think even though it hasn't aged great with some of the effects, I mean, I like practical effects and I've got appreciation for them. So I'm not, I wouldn't mark it down because of it, but like you said, the pacing's a bit wonky and it's just how it works how it's shot and the way it opens compared to part one and part three still kind of annoys me. It doesn't feel like it fits in with a package. It feels like the odd one out and it always has. Um, and I'll probably touch on that more next week. Um, 
the specifics of why I think that. It is a great movie and it's a very darker movie. I know Spielberg used Empire Strikes Back as a template to do a darker sequel this time around. Um, and I was going back and forth today. I was like, where do I want to score this? It is a great movie. It's still legendary, but it does wind me up in places. I do have issues <laughs> with it. So I'm going to have to be a bit of a dick in this one. I can't give it five others, but I'm going to give it four others. It's still a f- superb movie and I do enjoy watching it but it is my least favourite of the trilogy. And a couple of the issues I have, I can't overlook enough just the score of my heart on this one. So it's getting four others from me. Do you know what, Brad? Well, I think that's probably where I was going to go. And if this wasn't the film that I saw, like I said at the start, in the cinema, possibly the first film I ever saw in the cinema, I need to actually check with my parents about that one. But it probably would have been a fourth for me. But it's just because of that, I think it was more of a heart thing because... It's not perfect in any means, but yeah, I kind of copped out, I'm afraid, and I had to give it five. But I do agree with what you said, and I think four is probably more logical, but I'm just going to be a cop out this week. <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, Indiana is a legend, and, you know, five others. I was I was very close to giving it five others like that, but I just thought, no, nah, I can't. I can't do it. Um, but there we go. Five from JT, four from myself. If it makes anyone feel any better, they are the milkiest, juiciest others that I can offer <laughs> for the four. So, you know, there's substance there, but I can't Fresh quite get squeeze. <laughs> exactly that. Oh, dear me. Uh, what a horrible thought. Not your others. <laughs> just others in general. What others? Fucking others. <laughs> oh, uh, good job it is R-rated. People would be like, fucking hell, never listen to these guys again. <laughs> but for, of course, those of you that do listen to us, thank you once again for getting through one of our reviews. And to any new listeners out there, thank you very much. Um, we did actually get a request from Hawksley on Twitter saying that at some point could we review Mother, which is a movie I haven't watched but I have been meaning to, so we will bring that one to you down the line. Definitely, yeah. I've seen it once and um, I've always meant to go back and watch it again because it's quite a confusing film, but I do remember really liking it. So yeah, I'm well up for watching that again. I don't know where it's available, but it's definitely on our list and we definitely will get around to it. So yeah, definitely. Lovely. And of course, if you'd like to uh, follow us on Twitter, please do so uh, at the Hyperbaric Goats and join us next week as we venture into Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And for me this week, this is Bread Roll signing off. Yeah. And from me, JT, before I do my little sign off, we've got uh, another little side project coming up, haven't we, Bread Roll? I thought we should give it a little mention. No, um, good call. Yeah, good call. Not going to give away too much at the moment, but from next month, there'll be um, two podcasts a week. Um, We're going to be delving into something very close to our hearts. And if you've been following us from the start, you might get a hint as to what it is. But I won't elaborate anymore. Just watch this space is what I'll say. Do you want to elaborate on it? Any more bread roll before I sign off? No, no. um, But yeah, as I say, if you've been with us since day one, you should probably have a good idea of where where we'll roughly be going with it. And um, Hopefully you enjoy it as much as obviously we're looking forward to doing it. Now, it's a good call bringing that one up, uh, JT. Yeah. yeah, so like I say, keep keep an eye on our Twitter and we'll probably give you a bit more info, you know. Just, um, keep you on edge for another couple of weeks, maybe. So uh, <laughs> from me, JT, I've just got one last thing to say. If I have offended you, I am sorry. <laughs>